coming up next on the health hustle it's it's definitely a humbling experience yeah and i've posted quite a bit about it because i want people on on social media because i want people to see how hard it is like it is not an everyone's like oh congrats how fun and wonderful like no it is gritty it is dirty and it is it's hard sometimes and you know staying up and doing quickbooks i have a date with quickbooks every week at quickbooks is my my new boyfriend like we hang out every week and i didn't have to do that so much before i didn't have to watch all the ins and outs as carefully it reminds me of a, a story i like to tell about how I remember the first time I kind of was awakened to this idea of having your own business or entrepreneurship as a whole. This was actually back in Minnesota, like six or seven years ago. And it was with a guy who literally started a very random niche industry business, essentially where he was basically fixing potholes with a machine that looked like a Zamboni, if you're familiar with those things. And I remember just asking him about the business because like whenever you talk to entrepreneurs or business owners, it's just, it's fun. It's exciting. I, I think so anyways. I think it's, it's just fun to find the stories of to why they decided to do it and like the challenges they, they've overcome because it's not easy, exactly what you're saying. And I remember asking him about it and he said something to, to this day, I think is why I have done what I've done and where I'm at here today is that he said, it is the hardest I've ever worked, but the most fulfilled by the work I've ever felt. Hello, my friends, and welcome to The Health Hustle. I'm your host, Corey Hibben, and on this episode, I get a chance to sit down with Ashley Maltz of West Holistic Medicine. Ashley is an integrative medicine physician here in Austin, Texas, with a background in functional medicine, acupuncture, mind-body medicine, and clinical nutrition. On this episode, we get into why Ashley decided to get into the medical field in the first place, her fascination with building community, the hardest part about entrepreneurship, building a cash-based practice, delegating, automating, creating standard operating procedures, and so much more. If you haven't already, do us a huge favor and please subscribe and write us a review. This show is about helping health and fitness professionals to build a business that fits your lifestyle by giving us a review. It helps other people find the show and join us on the journey. Also, if you're looking for tips about designing your website and marketing your health business, sign up for my three tips Tuesday newsletter at coreyhigh.com. Without further ado, let's go. Ashley Maltz, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Glad to be here in Austin, Texas with you. Yeah. So first question for you is why did you decide to get into medicine in the first place? So medicine was not my first choice. I didn't really know that I'd end up in medicine, but I was fascinated with people and helping them. And I grew up in a kind of medical family. So my dad is an eye doctor, optometrist, not, not a medical doctor. My aunt is a nurse. My other cousin is a, a OT like you in, now she's in North Carolina. And then my other cousin is a social worker in hospitals and all over the place medically. And I don't know, we just had lots of like, I'm the youngest of all my cousins and we all grew up together in Houston family of immigrants. And it was a very tight family, lots and tons of cousins. And we'd always talk about bodily functions and health and we're kind of neurotic. And (laughs) it just was a natural fit. I don't know. I I ended up um, really learning in high school that I loved like the logic of chemistry and biology and just how it all kind of fit together. And I had some really amazing teachers then that inspired me to, to really push myself and not just take the easy way out, which is what I previously had done. And it, 
took the MCAT. I did okay. I took it again. I did better. And then I just magically got into medical school in Texas. And uh, I mean, obviously I worked really hard, but it was between that and going for my PsyD in psychology. And so I always knew I wanted to help people and kind of like landed on my plate in a way. And I always kind of morphed myself to get it done, just get the job done. Do you ever wish you would have done anything different? Oh yeah. (laughs) There's, yeah. I mean, a funny story. I was traveling in, in Costa Rica before I went to med school. So I was there for three months. This was 20 years ago. And, um, so it wasn't as like popular as it is right now. I mean, it was sort of popular, but not more with Europeans, not so much Americans. And I was there for three months and I, at one point, maybe midway, I was like, what am I, I don't, I don't want to go back. Like, I don't want to go to back to med school. Like I hadn't even started, but I was like, I just want to stay here and, and live and, you know, be on the beach and go to the jungle and meet all these amazing people from all over the world and just experience Pura Vida and like the whole life, you know? And I ended up going back and it actually, medical school turned out to be one of the best experiences of my life, shockingly. I really loved it. Um, My classmates were so brilliant and from all all walks of life. And, you know, before that I had really, I grew up in a pretty homogenous environment. You know, people were white, upper middle class, middle class. I'm Jewish. Most of them were Jewish. And so it was a very like inclusive, uh, exclusive community. And that really never really jived with me. So I wanted more stimulation, more intellectual conversations, more people going to Honduras. These were my classmates to do medical missions. I myself went to Kenya for five weeks and did a medical mission there. So like really inspiring people. Not that my, I love my friends from home, no offense to them, but it just was not the best fit for me. And and this was like, these people were just out wanting to, like me, wanting to save the world, which was refreshing and really inspiring. So I, I had the best time. Do you think that you fit the mold of somebody that wants to be a doctor? Not really. I would agree. Um, (laughs) Well, thank you. I always kind of knew I wanted to do something different. Like I, I knew that I, I grew up around a lot of doctors and I knew going into it that I did not want to be a regular doctor on a treadmill, seeing 50 patients a day, prescribing medications all day. I mean, that's basically why I went into it. I had a vision of transforming medical care and at least my little world of it. And I did that, you know, I'm still doing that. I, um, you know, that's why I chose integrative medicine. That's why I'm on this path to continually learn new ways of healing. And, you know, I've learned medical acupuncture, mind body techniques, nutrition, functional medicine. I, you know, it's like a never ending process because there's always more and coming out and something new technique and a new that. And, you know, so it's, it's been really, um, 
fun, but yeah, I, I, I'm not the typical, although I, I'm not the typical person from back then who would, who would have chosen medicine, but now I get requests all the time from med students, residents, doctors who are like, I want to get into what you're doing, or, you know, I really know there's more to healing than just what we're doing right now, surgery and medications and five minute visits. You know, I'm in tons of communities that are, people are just doctors, healthcare workers of all kinds are just fed up. We don't want to continue the way medicine is being practiced right now. So yeah, there's there, the new normal, I would say, is what I do and, and I've been doing for over 10 years, which is really fun for me and creative for me because I get to individualize things for each person that comes in and spend time with them. I really just listen well. Yeah, I can see a lot of that in you. And it's interesting. It reminds me of a conversation I had with a functional medicine doctor who's been doing it for, I think if I remember correctly, 20 years, it was Dr. Greg. It was a previous episode if anybody wants to go back and listen to it. But it's it's a really, it's, he talks about how like he's been preaching this stuff for 20 years and now it's finally like people mm-hmm. are actually aware of the effectiveness and the usefulness of it and how important it is. And so to your point of exactly what you're saying, is there's kind of been this transition of everyone's like, oh, like you've been doing this for how long? Why have we not been talking about this for the last 15 or 20 years? Right. What are you most excited about in terms of like what's kind of coming through the pipeline? Oh, man. I mean, I feel like the tipping point is here. We're at the tipping point. And maybe it, it's gonna, like the New York City mayor today, I saw a little snippet on it, is transforming new, the New York um hospital systems or something to include lifestyle medicine. And I was on the board of the American college of lifestyle medicine back in 20, you know, 10 years ago, basically. And just to see like how far it we've come and in such a short amount of time, when you really take that into consideration that 10 years ago, no one had heard of the American college of lifestyle medicine. Now, there are thousands and thousands of practitioners doing their certification. I am not certified through them, but you know, I know about it and I know the people who created the certification, the core curriculum, and they're amazing humans, but it's, it's just taking off. Like there's so, and the thing that, that gets a little dicey though, is that there's so many different paths and everyone has a new a way of doing things and a, a very, you know, I, I, I'm not so into dogma. That's not my thing. Like I like to take from here and take from there and, and, you know, see what works for each person. It's, I don't believe there's one diet for everyone. I don't believe there's one supplement for everyone or one spiritual path for everyone or one way of exercising for everyone. You know, I think every person is different, but I do see a lot of that division of, oh, well, it has to be done this way or that way or, you know, so yes, it's exciting. We're living in like very exciting times of the tipping point. However, there's also still like silos and my whole, I like to bring people together. That's kind of my whole mantra and my whole reason for living, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah, there's a, you're right. Cause I remember when I did some digging into this industry, even for my, my roommate, who's a functional medicine doctor, I was even trying to, I had a conversation about him. I was like, I was like, well, what's the difference between like 
integrative and naturopath and functional medicine. And like, Mm. I was trying to like distill it all down. And like, there was no clarity into any of it or like what each of them all meant. They all seem to have some overlap, which to your point is fine. I don't think there's like a right way, but you obviously seem to have this like passion behind community and connection. So can we get into just a little bit of the Austin Wellness Collective and to maybe why you decided to build that and what that's kind of looked like for you? Yeah. So it's a funny story how it got started, but when I moved back to Austin in 2015, so I did my undergrad here and then I went off to med school in Galveston, Texas and did my residency there there too. So I was there for seven years. Then I went to the East coast for a bit, two and a half years, did my fellowship there, went to, took a job in New Mexico uh, for two years and then came back. I'm a collector of humans. That's what I do. I know it's a weird little term, but I, everywhere I go, I love to meet all types of people, specifically those who are, you know, health and wellness oriented or spiritually oriented like me. So I, you know, I built a community in Connecticut when I lived there, I built a community in Albuquerque when I lived there. Now I'm back here and I wanted to build a community. I need, that's who I am. So it was always like a collection of like, not for numbers. I don't care about numbers. It's more just, I love to put people together. I was like, oh my gosh, I know so many like really amazing healers. Why don't I just put them in a group together? And from there it became, it just organically took off. People just started adding their, their own healing community people. And now it's like 2000 plus health and wellness professionals you know, obviously some have moved away. There've been new ones. There's tons that, you know, we're not even tapping into a lot are not even on Facebook anymore. It was really awesome. It's still an awesome group. It's very active on Facebook. And, um, I do like that it's local, you know, and you can say, Hey, I'm looking for a therapist who takes blue cross blue shield and works specifically with yada, yada, whoever, you know, so it's, it's really a wonderful resource. I guess I have two questions. One is like, if somebody wanted to replicate that, what would you, what advice would you give them? And my other question is, is what do you think like the main purposes behind that group? Like, obviously you enjoy bringing people together and connecting them, but what is it about that group? Do you think that people gravitate towards? The first, I actually have had people in, I'm not kidding, Podunk, Indiana, call me and find me through AWC to start one where they are locally. So at one point I was like, Oh, this is cool. I could, you know, create a business out of this kind of consulting. I will say it's, it's not easy, like to keep people active and activated and and inspired and wanting to contribute. I think that I, I describe it a lot as hurting cats. I don't know if you've ever herded cats. It's, I'm, I'm allergic to cats, so no, but I can imagine in my head, you know, cats are very independent, not pack animals, right? So they just, one's going off that way, the other one's jumping, you know? And so that's how I described it. It was very much a pack of cats or herding cats. So, but I was constantly adding people to the group, constantly trying to engage them. It looks easy. It really does, but it takes a lot of like time and energy, like anything else full-time. And I was working full-time in two different practices. So 
you know, it was a lot of work. The second question I would say, but it's, it is doable. I mean, if you really have a passion for connecting and networking and getting people together, like for, by all means do it. It, it just, you may not want to try to make a business out of it. Right. And are you um, saying that from the standpoint of just, it takes a lot of energy to kind of keep people engaged and you're constantly having to post content and set up events and organize yeah. those events and remind people about the events and basically just kind of staying on top of everybody all the time. Is that what you're yeah. saying? Yeah. So if somebody did want to replicate it, I guess maybe then the advice would be like set up automations, basically have a lot of like maybe automated reminders or automated emails, maybe just to kind of keep people more engaged, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I think if you have a marketing person or some you know, background in marketing, great. Like I don't. So <laughs> it was like I, very difficult for me to constantly engage. Mm. The actual Facebook group is easy. Like post a topic, discuss, or I'm looking for this, discuss, or you know, and, and people always want to give their opinions and want to help. And that's great. But oftentimes they don't necessarily want to put back the, the energy into making things changes or making things happen, but it's definitely doable. I mean, I, I, at one point I was like, we, how can we replicate and like make a community in a box kind of thing? I have yet to discover that secret. I don't know. Maybe you have ideas now that you've, you're kind of doing the networking thing and yeah, I'll be honest. I mean, that's kind of the reason I'm asking. I'm kind of asking for selfish reasons in terms of <laughs> on my own journey of trying to figure a lot of this stuff out. And I think there is a component too of like uh, from some of the other groups that I've seen that have done this and found some success in it in finding ways to really empower people to take on those roles like you're talking about. I think it can be very challenging to get people to do those things because like, why would they honestly? They have no, they have no, so, no motivation to do so. Like, what are they getting out of it really? But if you empower them and you'd be like, hey, like you're in charge of this position, like this is something I'm handing to you in terms of like, this is your responsibility. I don't know the exact formula for that, but it's just something that I've been thinking about. Yeah, well, I did have a committee at one point. And again, committees are great for ideas. But as entrepreneurs, we're all in our entrepreneurial, Mm. you know, got your own agenda, agendas, and we've got our own busy schedules. And we're all just trying to I don't want to say the hustle, but we're doing the hustle. And <laughs> after a couple of years of doing that, I was like, I got to focus on, you know, my practice and what, what actually pays my bills and, yeah. um, you know, improving people, helping them in that way. What would you say is the hardest part about running a practice or just entrepreneurship as a whole? For me, it was all the little nitty gritty details that I never knew even existed. You know, I didn't know how hard it was to get a business bank account. Like it's like an act of Congress. You have to, I mean, I'm not joking. I can't tell you how many times I sat there. I went to the bank and like had forms and they're like, Nope, these aren't the right forms and go back to get your EIN and your this and that. And I'm just like, Oh my God. And spent so many hours doing that. It's, it's definitely a humbling experience. Yeah. And I've posted quite a bit about it because I want people on, on social media because I want people to see how hard it is. Like it is not an everyone's like, oh, congrats. Oh, how fun and wonderful. Like, no, it is gritty. It is dirty. And it is, it's hard sometimes. And 
you know, staying up and doing QuickBooks. I have a date with QuickBooks every week. At QuickBooks is my my new boyfriend. Like we hang out every week. And I didn't have to do that so much before. I didn't have to watch all the ins and outs as carefully. It reminds me of a, a story I like to tell about how I remember the first time I kind of was awakened to this idea of having your own business or entrepreneurship as a whole. This was actually back in Minnesota, like six or seven years ago. And it was with a guy who literally started a very random niche industry business, essentially where he was basically fixing potholes with a machine that looked like a Zamboni, if you're familiar with those things. And I remember just asking him about the business because like whenever you talk to entrepreneurs or business owners, it's just, it's fun. It's exciting. I, I think so anyways. I think it's it's just fun to find the stories of to why they decided to do it and like the challenges they, they've overcome because it's not easy, exactly what you're saying. And I remember asking him about it and he said something to, to this day, I think is why I've done what I've done and where I'm at here today is that he said, it is the hardest I've ever worked, but the most fulfilled by the work I've ever felt. And I think about that a lot because I now today sitting here can 100% attest and agree to that same statement. And so I guess my question where I'm going with this for you is like, I mean, would you be doing anything different? Like, I mean, do you have any regrets about it? No, I mean, I, I always wanted to do my own thing. Even like, remember we talked about med school, like pre-med. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to be different. I know I'm, I just have a different path. I already knew then that I wanted to have my own cash practice. Like that was literally more than that was 20 years ago. The fact that it took me this long, (laughs) uh, is, is interesting. And, and I, I know why I did that because I didn't like all the details. That's never been my thing. I always just kind of wanted to just do what I do best, which is interact with people and and patients and help them and create a community. So doing all the business plan and the getting, going to the bank and that kind of stuff never really appealed to me. You needed Um, your Wozniak. You're the jobs. If you're familiar with that expression. Yeah, I am. I've seen, you know, the documentaries. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, it's true though. You you see that a lot. I, I do. And, and so I, jo- when I moved back to Austin, I found a practice that I would join where she to had take the doctor who founded it, who's one of my mentors had already kind of done all of that laid the groundwork. And I just kind of came in as an independent contractor. So I'd been an independent contractor for five years before I, the transition of taking over. I mean, it's all a process, right? And I think it's a part of just enjoying the journey. Do you do you mind sharing any of those future visions of where you see this clinic going or what would be an ideal scenario for you? The number one thing that I've seen with pretty much every chronic illness is this underlying chronic stress that we're all under, right? And so I really want to transition the clinic and my own practice to focusing on mind-body connection and focusing on healing the nervous system and the limbic system and all the things that go with it, the immune system. So like I said, we have, so we have an acupuncturist who's, who's great and amazing Jameson. And I, we refer back and forth all the time. And then I brought on the craniosacral therapist who just to be in her presence is so calming Hmm. to the system. And I knew when I'm, I've known her for years, but I knew when she came into my office, 
in November when I was exploring what the clinic could be just being in her energy. I was like, I need that. (laughs) I need her (laughs) for me. So if I need her, then ever, you know, everyone needs her. Right. So it's so grounding, calming, more, um, energetic practices. And so that's really where I want to take the clinic and doing all the other stuff, primary care, functional medicine, you know, we can look labs, get into the nitty gritty, but also trying to get us out of the mind and into the body is really where the healing happens. Hmm. And it's, it's so far from where so many people are operating that I think it's, it's kind of revolutionary. I mean, in, in a way, I mean, there are a lot of people doing this, but I think it's really what people need. And as somebody who is in the marketing world, I think it's an amazing and a phenomenal idea. I'm actually reading a book right now called The Ultimate Marketing Machine. The title's a lit a bit uh, hookbaity, so don't get pulled off by that. It is actually a phenomenal book. But um, one of the things that he talks about in it, exactly to your point of what you're talking about, is essentially creating a business that's more focused on treating your customers, or in your case, your patients, like members in that they feel like they're a part of a community. They feel like the clinic or the or the company or any business for that matter, for anybody that's listening, is that they feel like that business shares the same value system as that they do. And that they know that like this is something that I actually care about. I'm actually aligned with this and I want to be a part of this. And it's just like this new, it's kind of like this new coming of like how we're doing customer service now is that we're realizing now that if we can just really create a tight-knit community of people with like-minded visions and values and systems and really add as much value to them as possible, they essentially turn into your marketing and sales team because then they in turn go out and tell their friends because like it has always, and it probably always will be the best marketing strategy is referrals. You are a thousand times more likely to do something if your friend or family member is like, hey, Uh, Have you seen this show? Have you read this book? Have you tried this restaurant? You are a thousand times more likely to do it if somebody you know or is close to you and shares the same values as you tells you to do it. And so I think, I don't know who told you to do that or where that idea came from, but like, it's a really good idea. I'll be honest. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can't claim credit. I've, you know, there are lots of different practices doing, going to the membership option, but I like it because it includes so much like I don't have to nickel and dime like, oh, here's a prescription, but that'll be $30. And then a letter's $50 and let's get you in for a physical that's 200, whatever, right. you know, like it's, it's all just kind of there and I don't have to think about it. The recurring fees are, are nice um, for income. And then I, I love the group stuff. I I'm definitely, I'm so excited. And that's, that's why I chose the voiceover, the zoom that I phone, because it also has the video so I can have group, you know, meetings. And I, and actually today I was planning to kind of get that started. My first one, you know, not to, but like, think about plan it when it's going to happen, what we're going to do. So that's coming all of that. And I'm excited about that's the stuff I want to be doing. Not like paying bills and putting my credit card on every, you know, changing credit cards. And it's just, that part is like changing the internet service and researching which one's the best deal. And I, I don't, I just don't care. Like I want to do the fun stuff, which yeah. is the people stuff. Yeah. You sound like most entrepreneurs. Like I would say yeah. that more often than not, like I'm sure you've done the exercise where like you list out all the tasks and you basically separate like 
the things you don't like doing, the things you like doing, the things you're good at, the things you're not good at, and basically trying to like get all the stuff that you don't like doing or you're not good at off your plate and give it to somebody else. And I would say nine times out of 10, that's like administrative related things of Mm -hmm. taxes and invoicing and phone automations and internet subscribe, all that stuff, right? Right. It's like, get that off the plate as fast as possible. And for anybody listening, that's probably the best entrepreneurship advice I ever got is that the faster you can delegate the things that you don't want to be doing and you're not even good at and still focus and put more of your energy towards the things you like doing and you're good at, the faster you're going to grow. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's, it's a harder sell when you're bootstrapping it. Like oh, totally. It's, it's a little bit complicated in that way. So, you know, but yeah, I, I, and I tell this to other docs all the time, or I see it told to other doc in doctor groups and entrepreneurial groups, like just like people, you know, with, who are running their own practice, they've got kids, they're, they're taking care of a family, they're cooking, they're the cleaning. I'm like, no, that something has to, you have to delegate something. And I tell this to my patients, my overwhelmed moms or dads, and something has to t- get the laundry taken care of, like by someone else, get the, the cleaning and even just that one thing, yes, it might cost money, but that just that one thing can be life-changing, right? Totally. So it's the same idea with us. And we only have so many hours in the day, you know, work smarter, not harder. Yeah. And for, and I, and I agree with the bootstrapping thing as I think it's very hard to justify paying for certain things if you don't feel like you're going to get a return on a lot of that stuff. And so for anybody listening, something that I would recommend you start with is like automations. I think this is something that people don't really consider how the little things essentially add up to the big things. And so like for anybody listening, there's automation services like a Zapier, if you're familiar with it, or there's a lot of options of figuring out like, okay, I don't need to be, or even creating templates. I have a number of template emails that I use of like repeat things. So if you ever find yourself repeating a task more than literally twice, you should probably consider thinking about like, is there a way to automate this or create a template or some way that I can basically decrease the amount of times I have to repeat myself? Or even like if you get asked questions a lot, especially if someone like you who probably gets pinged about the same questions over and over again, have like a frequently asked questions page where you're like, you just send a link. You're like, go check this out. Or even something as small as like setting up an appointment or a call. Make sure you have like a Calendly or somewhere that they can just go find an appointment. I have one more question for you. Before I ask that question, though, where can people find you? Obviously, you are known in the wellness collective uh, or collaborative. I'm sorry. Tell us more about where your clinic is, where people can find you, all that good stuff. So my clinic is named West Holistic Medicine, and it's downtown in Austin near Clarksville, 9th and West. So it's pretty central location near the grand headquarters of Whole Foods. We're online, westholisticmedicine.com. And you can also look at the Austin Wellness Collaborative and join us on, you know, as a Facebook group if you live in the Texas Hill Country and or service people here. So that's that's the one requirement. And you're not like constantly like multi-level marketing or sales, like constantly, you're actually a health and wellness professional. That would be there are some questions that we try to weed people out with. So cool. Perfect. And we'll put all that in the show notes as well. So one more question for you. So let's say that you could go back to ground zero and starting a practice or starting a clinic, something maybe similar to what you're doing. 
and you just wanted to get started. You just wanted to get moving in the right direction. And you just wanted to make sure that like you're starting off on the right foot. What's maybe the best advice you could give to that person or even the pre- your previous self, if that was you starting over again, what's maybe the best piece of advice you could give to them to just kind of get them moving in the right direction? Automate, use all those systems, those programs, those softwares and do it first. Like that's where you start, not going backwards and doing it. Cause that's what I'm having to do. Like we were never doing using any of that stuff. And so now I'm going backwards, reinventing the wheel. And it's, it takes a, I think it takes more work. So if you can sit down, take a couple months and like really truly get clear on what you want to build, then do it, you know, slowly and, and don't, you don't have to rush it. That's the best, I think, way to, to start a business. Um, because then it's really your business. It, you know, everything, the ins and outs, you know, I took over a business, so I'm having to like reinvent and, and really try to streamline a lot of stuff. Mm. And that involves a lot of retraining humans and that is hard. (laughs) So if you can train them right from the beginning, this is how you want things done. That's personally, I think the best and train yourself too. like, this is the the best system. You enter it here, you do that, you know, set it all up, get it ready and then start. Standard operating procedures, I think is the the word I'm looking for there in terms of that's something I'm also figuring out as as well in my own business. So that's great advice. Appreciate that. Appreciate you being on the show, Ashley. Thanks again. And uh, we'll talk soon. Before you go, I just want to say thank you for listening to the show, and I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed recording it. If you're looking for more advice on how to market your health business or need help with your website, you can find all my information at coreyha.com. Thanks again, and keep hustling, my friends.